Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Swat at it, couldn't get it in, in front of the net, scores! A bank shot off the netminder, and the Oilers are up 5-4. Well, a weird one, a key goal in a wild game at Rogers Place tonight. The Edmonton Oilers outscore the Anaheim Ducks 6-5. That was a goal by Evan Bouchard that made it 5-4 Oilers with 9.30 to go in the third. He was behind the icing line, one hand on the stick, just tapped the puck toward the net, and Anthony Stolers with his skate just a little bit away from the post, ticks off the skate, goes in, Drysettle got an empty netter, Shattenkirk got one with 17 seconds left. So 6-5 Edmonton is your final. They are 3-0, Rob Brown, despite perhaps some corrections the coaching staff will want to make after this game yeah the, there was uh, uh if they they watch the video and they write down things that they want to correct there would be a couple pages worth of uh mistakes uh it, this was a sloppy game uh the oilers a lot of misreads uh with it turned into odd man breaks I, the Anaheim isn't uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning or or the Pittsburgh Penguins with a star-studded lineup that can create something out of nothing. This is a team that thrives on mistakes, and they did that over and over again tonight because the Oilers afforded them the opportunities and a number of odd man breaks. Uh, the Oilers got caught in their own zone too many times just with bad reads, bad breakouts. Having said that, the Oilers did enough to get the win there. Their first line was very good. Dry settled a fantastic night, four points, and he took 29 face-offs on the night, and he was 70% in face-offs. So he was excellent. And the Oilers' third line, the, the line of Cassian, Fogel, and Derek Ryan, also very good. So there are some very good things that happened in tonight's game. Having said that, if it was not for some big saves by Koskinen down the stretch this thing could have been extended and gone into overtime. Well, and that's another story, and we'll go to Dave Tippett when he starts speaking to get an update on Mike Smith, who left the game after allowing four goals on 15 shots, but he didn't leave the game right after allowing the fourth goal. He made another save, and it was about a minute 30 after the fourth goal went in during a TV timeout. He left the game. So the Oilers with six tonight. That means the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. But Koskinen does come in his first appearance for the season. He stopped 20 out of 21 and uh, a really big one on Henrique about 30 seconds before Dreisaitl got the empty net goal. He got a little help from McDavid, who pulled one right off the goal line as the puck had sort of bounced in from behind the net and got into the crease. But all told, Koskinen in a game, you know, obviously the backup goalie never really expects to play. They always say they're ready, but they often aren't expecting to play. He does a pretty good job. Well, and it was a weird way for him to go in. Uh a backup goaltender at a certain point in the game, if a goal goes in, they think, okay, this one might get me into the game. 
but that didn't happen as Smith wasn't pulled after a goal. And you didn't see some big collision where all of a sudden the goalie's getting prepared. We saw earlier uh, Anaheim's goaltender was down for a while and Gibson was warming up on the bench. So this was one that probably surprised the Oilers bench and certainly surprised Koskinen. And he came in and he was excellent. Had to be in the third period. Uh, as you said, uh, Drysettle scored the empty net goal, but before that there was two chances that Anaheim had in front of the net. And there was one where Koskinen used every inch. What is he, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, but he used every inch of his body to get the, his toe on the, the puck as it was going to slide past him. Uh, he was good. The only trouble he got into tonight, and the, you, your reference was when McDavid pulled it off the goal line, that was Goskin trying to play the puck behind the net. That is not his strength. Yeah, he's not Mike Smith when it comes to that. But the Oilers do pull it out 6-5, so that means a $600 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal, so the total donated now by James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results is up to $1,400 three games into the season. And I, I, to me, Rob, it's, it's a game you look at and say both teams made plays. I mean, as much as there might be some Oilers where we say, huh, I don't know about that game, but almost everybody made a good play at some point, and there are always mistakes, but it, to me it was big mistakes tonight you know big giveaways big misreads i mean there will always be mistakes in a game it's never perfect well, the other team you know the yes. ducks the, the ducks played hard but when the oilers made mistakes they they were pretty large tonight well they were and that's where we talk about the fact that you know, you don't have a Kucherov and a Stamkos or a Crosby and a Malkin or an Ovechkin that are making you look silly by beating you. Tonight, the, the Anaheim Ducks got their big chances by just capitalizing on a mistake that the Edmonton Oilers made, and we'll probably hear Dave Tippett talk about that. Some stuff leading up to it that, that uh, maybe you're worried about a bit. No, it's like there's ebbs and flows of games. There's things you do well, things you got to clean up. But in the end, I'm glad we found a way to win. It was kind of a sloppy game that, that uh, you know, we find a way to capitalize on a couple chances. We drew some penalties, helped us. So it's... Uh, we can't all be masterpieces. There can't all be things that the coach walks out and say, oh, boy, that was great. It was it was good. We found a way to get two points. That's a good thing going on the road. Uh, Zach isn't necessarily paid to score goals. It's nice to see him to nice to see him get on the board, especially he's been through some, you know, the, a couple of tough spots. That whole line was really... Yeah, that line's been good again. They're, they were good again. Zach's getting rewarded with a little bit of power play time there at the end, and... and uh, is around the net. The line, the line has been real good, been really good for us. So, going on the road, hopefully they can continue that. I know it's still really early here, but do you have any sense on the severity of Mike Smith's situation? Uh, I think it's going to be day to day. Just tweak something that he was, he didn't want to hurt any worse. So, lower body injury day to day would be, uh, and we'll see where he is tomorrow. And but you know we got back to back coming up. We'll we'll see what what happens tomorrow. He's going to see a doctor in the morning, I think, just to check things out. But potentially, potentially looking at maybe needing another goalie later in the week. Like, yeah, we won't know that till the morning. I don't think. Uh, just with Evan Bouchard, uh, I mean, the the types of situations that you're putting him in there late in games, uh, killing penalties, the defensive side of his game. What are you seeing here in the in the first few games? A solid player, smart player, reads situations well, usually uh, executes pretty well, calm with the puck. 
engaged engaged in the physical battles, which is the biggest part of his maturity is his game. Is he's he's not he's not running anybody over. He's just using his body well, using body position to box people out, things like that, to hold pucks. He's a he's a good player. Dave, the the first 30 minutes really was probably the, the area where it was the most loose. Then you tighten up. I know they got the late goal, the extra attacker, but what was the biggest change from maybe the first 30 to the last 30 you saw from your team defensively? Well, we weren't turning the puck over as much to allow them as much time there. Our power play gave us a little bit of momentum, and then we, you know, they, they played last night. They play, uh, they were the neutral zone play a real passive game in there if you turn the puck over they've got good skill that they can make you pay and we did that a couple times early in the game and uh, you know once you start recognizing how you have to play you can play a little better you switched a few guys you move Bouchard up and, and Barry down and then Perlini up and Yamamoto down that just getting a jump or you just weren't seeing what you wanted from some guys probably a little of both just change it up just just looking for looking for a spark in a game where you need it. Hi, hey Dave. Um, Miko Koskinen, obviously, for his first appearance, a kind of a tough spot for him to come in halfway through a game. What did you see from him tonight? Solid, really solid. Yeah, really solid. It was moving well, made some good saves for us. A couple in tight there were good, so it's a good start for him. Yeah, especially with the kind of the uncertainty with Smith's injuries, is that kind of a, maybe a confidence booster for him and for for you guys as a coaching staff? Well, I think you know, we. we He's been good all camp. He's been he's been very good. So we uh, you know we talked about putting Kosk in tonight to start this one, and Schmidt's played two real strong games. We were going to see if we could close out uh, our homestand with three and zero. So we went with Schmidt again. Unfortunately, he couldn't finish, and Koski came in and, and got us a win. So it's we we've liked both guys all through camp. All like I said in camp, all four guys. And now Skinner's gone down there and played very well too. So. We're, uh, we're certainly comfortable with the goaltending. Dave, we're only three games into this thing, but there seems to be a real likability factor at play with the, the veteran guys and the new guys coming in and the pulley arbies and, and everything like that. Can you speak to that? Well, I think it speaks to the growth of our team. And, you know, our leadership core is another year older now and uh, another year of experience, how to... How to uh, carry themselves in that dressing room and consistently play and our group is we've talked about that since the start of camp we have to be a good consistent team and you might have ebbs and flows in the game but we understand how we're going to play the new guys will come in and really kind of balance that we've got the new guys for the most part are veteran guys they're playing in key situations a lot of time they they give the other guys confidence and then you add in the growth of our young players you know look at Pugliarvi and and uh, Bush, I mean, that's good, strong growth from young guys that are playing key minutes for us. So all in all, you, you, when you win, you start to build a confidence. Now, that being said, there's, there's things every game we talk about that we, we've got to do better. And, uh, and there's things that we like about our game too. So it's, uh, it's a good group. When you win, you have that a little bit of confidence, but it's also everybody recognizes it's early and we've got a lot a lot of learning to do yet before before uh, we're through here. You've been part of uh, some teams that have a lot of personality, not much personality, coach teams in both. There seems to be, uh, I don't know, the, um, 
a lot of characters and yeah. different uh, individuals that are... You know what there is, Terry? It's a real good camaraderie with the, with the group. Like, they really, they like each other. They pull for each other. And even when, you know, you got guys that uh, maybe haven't scored in a while or, or block a shot, they, there's, there's a, an enthusiasm for them. And even when a guy does well or a guy does, you know, maybe has a tough night, there's guys there helping, picking them up. You know, so that's uh, I like our, our group's mentality that way. We're a close group, uh, and it's early. To have a close group early in the year, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We can only build from there. So it's, uh, like I say, there's some, there's some real positive things going on, but we've got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And one last question. You are planning to keep your team in Vegas for two days after. Do you have an itinerary laid out for them, or are you just pointing them at the... Bright lights. No, we have a bit of an itinerary. Can you reveal? Larry, when you were a young man, you wanted to go to Vegas for a couple of days too. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Still does, yeah. No, it. Uh, you know what? I, I mentioned it this morning. Where Ken and I both like to get the team away in training camp if we can. This year, you know, timing-wise, didn't uh, didn't work for us, and with not playing until next uh, Wednesday, we'll have a chance to. Uh, just have a team meal down there and, and have a little team bonding stuff and uh, hopefully it'll be good for the guys. Dave, just in the back here, uh, I know you talked about the uh, Zach Cassian line, but speaking to Cassian's game uh, right now, I know it's a short sample size, two games. What areas of the game is he influencing differently as opposed to last year? You know what, he's playing as a power forward. He's healthy, he feels good, and playing as a power forward, that line has a real... They feel like they have a real role on our team. Uh, play hard down low, momentum, get pucks going to the net, and, and you know they've they've had some early success with it. That's driven some of the energy for our group. So they're they've really they they kind of taken an identity for our team that they don't want to let anybody down. And Cass is in that group. So Fogel's played well, Ryan's played well, and and Cass has all played well, and they played well together on a line. So it's good to see. It's early, but it's good to see. I'm not sure how many minutes were in this availability, but we haven't asked you about your top line. They combined for nine points. Uh, what did you see from 29-97 and 13 tonight? They were opportunistic tonight. Yeah, they uh, jumped on some opportunities. Connor's first goal is, you know, that's there's not many guys with that speed that can make that happen. So it's uh, there was there was just they capitalized on their opportunities, which we needed. That is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett live on 630. Chet as the Oilers beat Anaheim 6-5. As he said, they can't all be masterpieces, but they'll bank the two points to get to 3-0 on the season. So Mike Smith tweaked something in the second period. Day-to-day -day lower body he'll get looked at tomorrow, and uh, they'll just... You go from there to see if he's going to play on the road trip or they got to bring Skinner up. We'll just uh, have to wait and see what happens with that for the time being. Rob, and, and he touched on, and I think we want to revisit the, the, at this point too, about the, the third line of Fogel, Cassian, and, and and Ryan. You know, getting getting on the score sheet, I know the second Cassian goal was on the power play, and actually his first goal was partway through a change because it was Nugent Hopkins still on the ice ride and hadn't come on yet, but, but still... They get zone time. I mean, a couple sequences where just Cassian or Fogel are are down low behind the net and just 
cramming the puck into the crease. You know, Ryan just missed a tap-in goal in the first period with the rebound of one of those types of plays coming off of Stoller's pads. Well, they, they are a prototypical third line. This is what coaches want is a third-lined line that can play big, can, can eat up minutes in the offensive zone, tire the other team down, play a heavy game, play a simple game. Unfortunately, most teams don't have the, 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 the personnel to be able to put that kind of line together. Well, the Oilers finally do. And what is good about this line is they all have the exact same mindset when they play. Uh, get pucks in deep, take pucks to the net. Uh, Cassian gets it below the goal line. You know he's going to try and drive the net or he's going to throw the puck on the net. And that allows Fogel and Ryan to be in the right spot. There's no guesswork. There's no hesitation amongst the other two players when one guy has the puck because they know where it's going to be. And we talked about it in the preseason, how many times at the whistle there would be all three players, three or four of the opposition players and the goaltender all piled up on top of each other. That's the way they play, and they and they are excelling at, excelling at it because they understand it. And they're fun to watch. And to me, this is two of the three games. They've been the difference in the hockey game. And that's huge for the Edmonton Oilers because we've not seen that in the past few years. So the Oilers take it 6-5 in that play of the third line, no doubt about it. That's our adjustment of the game for pro-drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl gets four points tonight. <laughs> four <laughs> points. Quiet four-point game for Dreisaitl. Well, yeah, no. Um, I mean, it, he had four points, but he also was plus two, played 26 minutes, and he took 30 face-offs. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, quiet, it's as quiet as you can be. It, but I, I, and we talked about it at the, the end of, I think it was the second period, how the Oilers' third line was creating offensive zone pressure. And they were the only line that had the puck in for long periods of time. And that the dry side of line was being opportunistic, where they would dart here and there, and all of a sudden they get a scoring chance. And that's what we saw them with tonight. It's they, they, they weren't creating as many long stretches in the offensive zone, but. When there was a mistake, they pounced, and they got a great scoring chance. And then as the game got on, you saw they started to wear down the Ducks in the third period, and that's where they had a couple really good shifts. Uh, but, they, again, they were stars. I mean, you, you, when you score six goals and your first, first line gets four of them, they did their job, and they were plus. So this was a night where their first and third lines were very, very good. Their second line had a very off night. And he eventually cost Yamamoto his spot in the lineup. Yeah, Perlini got a look up there. And, and people asked about that a after the game. And you said, well, it'll, it'll probably happen at some point. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if we thought it would happen tonight. But yeah, well, Perlini did get some time up there. It, it was a game that Yamamoto uh, hadn't been strong. And when a player has an, uh, is slow out of the game or, or in a game, is not having a wonderful night, Usually the coaches will say, okay, well, but the last three games he's been excellent. But when a player like Yamamoto's gone, he's got one goal in his last 32 games now. There is not that, okay, he started slow tonight, but he's got that great resume of games one through two, or one and two, or the last 10 games have been great. Yamamoto hasn't. And, I and, he, and he's been in penalty trouble. And probably lacking a little bit of confidence right now because things went so well for him this first time up when he when he came up at Christmas that one year. So sometimes maybe you take a step back, give someone else an opportunity, and make it simpler for Yamamoto. We're going to put you with a couple veterans on the fourth line for a couple periods. You'll sit and watch from the bench a little bit, and when you get out there, the expectations aren't as high because a fourth-line player is not expected to go out and score goals. A second-line player is. 
We set the line before the game at 79.5 for the total shots on goal in the game, and it does come in under. 73 total shots. But, I, I, I say that's a but, I was not expecting there to be 11 goals. If this was a better goaltender game <laughs> and there was only six goals, there'd be five or six more rebounds, and that would have got us over. All right, so uh, 73 total shots. It was 37-33, the final shots on goal tonight in favor of the Oilers. So Rob in Capilano wins set the line and a $100 River Cree and Resort gift card excitement bet on it. River Cree Resort and Casino. Yeah, again, though, uh, I, I think, and Dave Tippett referenced it, I think too many shots or too many opportunities against for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They have the ability to score goals, but as we know, this is a regular season. These are th times where you can fix things in your game they certainly are going to want to fix defensively that's three games in a row with over 37 shots against that's too many yeah and the ducks give up a lot of shots as well well the, the ducks just aren't as good a hockey club yeah. that's why they give it up well and and speaking of big mistakes and, and i mean look he's he's the backup goalie but like that's a huge mistake in my mind by St Stolers oh, well, to, to let in that goal from Bouchard. Well, he, he cheated off his post which i i don't know why because there was no real play being made right um He's a veteran goaltender that you need, I mean, you need a save on, on, a, on a great opportunity. You certainly need a save on one that can't go in. Isn't it, even a shot. It, yeah, and it, yeah, it wasn't a shot. And the, the thing is, the Anaheim Ducks came into Edmonton on the second of back-to-back -back games, and they're missing one of their young stars, didn't play tonight, McTavish. And they scored five goals. That should be enough for them to win a hockey game. Yeah. So I don't. So you don't want to pin it on uh, on a goaltender or on one player. But Dallas Aiken's team played well enough to get two points. They just didn't get the saves they needed. Well, I thought they worked hard. Yeah, they. I mean, Steele came in and he scores two oh, goals. Uh, and an absolute beautiful had, goal had, too. He had a great game. Zegers is very talented. He's going to be a great player. They they looked quick to me. Yep. Um, Silvenberg played really, really good, and that was the best. Uh, and I've seen, uh, not up, not live lately, but I've seen Getzlaff play last year some games on TV and the last few years. That, I thought, was the best I've seen Getzlaff play in a long, long time. He was engaged, making plays, physical, winning face-offs uh, when he had to. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was Anaheim played well. They, they, played, they worked hard, played well, probably deserved a better fate than they got. Well, but another part of their game plan was not to take penalties. Uh, and well, they were shorthanded six, six times, times, and the Oilers scored twice, and Anaheim only had one power play and it was 0 for 1. They took two penalties on the same play in the first period. That gave the Oilers a 5 on 3. And in all honesty, should have had there should have been another one later in the game where they were there was a delayed call. There should have been a second penalty called on that one. It should have had two 5 on 3s the same way. I think the ref got a little gun-shy on the second one, though. And for the second game in a row... A relatively rare penalty is closing the hand on the puck. I mean, Hyman did it last game, and at full speed, I thought, oh, no, he didn't. And then on the replay, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And same thing tonight. I thought, oh, really? And then on the – like, Lindholm actually caught it tonight and then well, gave it a little juggle up in the air to get it away well, from the Oiler pressuring him. It almost like he was going to put it down and then saw the Oiler coming and, like, oh, turn my hand over and flip it up a little bit so it goes over yeah. top of him. And that was the problem because a player was coming at him and he pushed it past him. Yeah. If he would have caught it like that. Well, they every, let guys catch every it. Every player it, catches it, If it yes. goes straight down, yeah. they won't call Every it. player catches it if you bring it down quickly. But if you use your hand to move the puck by the defender, they're going to call it every time. And, yeah, you and I will go 
we'll go 60, 70, 80 games without seeing one, and we've seen two and three. All right, so the Oilers win at 6-5. Of course, we are happy to hear from you tonight on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way, 780-496-0063. We'll get to some of your feedback and post-game reaction from Koskinen. Bouchard, Dreisaitl, and Cassian as we move along. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Out of his own end, Raquel will drop it to Zegris. Comes up to center, has to dump it in. Puck rims, Raquel off of his skate to Getzlaff. He'll get it out to Zegris. He'll shoot it, pad safe. Oh, the rebound, Koskinen got it too with the right pass. And the puck cleared out. Miko Koskinen, couple big saves with a minute 37 to go. Our saves of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Koskinen, 20 saves on 21 shots. He's the winner, uh, the winning goalie tonight, even though he did not start the game. Smith tweaked something about halfway through the second period. We'll see how uh, he's doing. He's going to get looked at tomorrow. Oilers win 6-5 over the Anaheim Ducks. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How are you doing? Quite well. Well, I mean, I think it's a little bit... Uh, I mean, like, I think, uh, I think some of the plays that were made tonight... Uh, I found on the back end that was a little bit concerning, especially in the uh, uh, in the first half of the game. And we heard uh, uh, Dave Tippett uh, touch on that a bit, but I thought in the second half of the game they they were a lot better. They cleaned it up. And uh, but uh, that third line tonight that was the, that was the, that's the that's the best game they played, I think by far. No, I agree. I, I, I thought the third line, although I think the third line's been good in every game. I think they've been a difference maker in all the games so far this year. Uh, they were good in preseason. So it's, uh, the expectation was high for the third line when they brought in Fogel and Ryan, and I think they've uh, matched or exceeded the expectations. Yeah. Yeah, but, and I guess that I want to touch a little bit just quick here on that uh, uh, Yamamoto getting a, a demoted, if you want to call it that, down to the fourth line. I think... I personally, I personally, I like the move because Yamamoto, his uh, his confidence is definitely low. I think he can see it, and I think he was, and he then he seemed to, he seemed a little bit, I don't know, I, I wouldn't call it afraid, but I think he seemed it seems a little bit seemed a little bit more timid tonight, and like he was he wasn't really he wasn't really getting in on guys. And he, I, th and I think he, the word Robert, the word is hesitant. I think he's hesitant yeah. right now in his game, and I think that's just because the confidence isn't where it has been in the past. And when you're on the second line playing with great players and you got one goal in 32 games and you're a young player, uh, confidence would drag a bit. Thanks, Robert. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Kevin's up next. As I mentioned, we have more post-game reaction from the Oilers as well as uh, they outscore the Ducks. <laughs> Crazy one at Rogers plays tonight. 6-5 is the final. Back after the news and weather, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 6.30, Chet.
Glo Global News at 10.30. Good evening, I am David Bowles right now at Edmonton. We are sitting at four degrees. We'll see the low tonight touching at about three. As we take a look at your COVID-19 numbers for today, we saw 531 new cases confirmed in Alberta in the, on this day, 103 of which came from the Edmonton zone. 12 more deaths also attributed to COVID in the province. Now, the CEO of Alberta Health Services says so far, employees of AHS has rent taken up their vaccine policy quite well 92 percent of them have submitted full proof of vaccination seven percent have not one percent claiming accommodation since introducing this policy dr vernie you says 61 employees have resigned 31 of whom were in clinical care environments 11 registered nurses in that for all this tells us that there's very broad support for the mandatory vaccine policy these are impressive numbers and we're extremely grateful to all of those who have submitted their proof of vaccination. We stand by the policy and it will be fully implemented. You says NAHS staff not in compliance with this policy will be put on an unpaid leave of absence. Now the Premier today, Jason Kenney, he opened up on the results of yesterday's elections and he doesn't see them as a referendum on his government. Jason Kenney says he respects the choices the voters ended up making. We'll work with those who were elected um, and once again I'd like to thank uh, all candidates who ran. Kenney says it's key that municipal politics are kept from becoming a partisan affair. We're taking a look now at your 6.30 Ched weather, partly cloudy conditions today, and uh, we'll see a low of four overnight tomorrow. Some cloud condition and a high of 13. Thursday, we'll see some sun at nine, and on Friday, some sun. Daytime high looks to be about 12 degrees. Right now at Edmonton, four. I'm David Bowles, next scheduled newscast at 11 on 6.30 Ched. Puck to Nurse to McDavid on the left, down low. Nugent Hopkins walks it in front, it goes off a skate. McDavid to Dreisaitl, scores! Leon Dreisaitl with the one-timer, and the Oilers are up 3-2. First of two for Dreisaitl tonight. That was career goal number 200. It gave Edmonton a 3-2 lead in the final minute of the first period. Came on a two-man advantage. The Oilers' power play continues to click two for six tonight it is five for 12 on the season the Oilers hang on to beat Anaheim 6-5 at Rogers Place 780-496-0063 we have Adam standing by good evening Adam go ahead hey fellas how's it going quite well uh this question is more for uh Brown I guess um uh, I'm not sure uh, your hockey background, Reed, but um, when you're able to play a game and make mistakes uh, such as the Oilers did tonight and know that you're going to come back and win, like, you know that you got something special. And I just kind of want to hear um, Brown's take on that from all the, well, uh, um, the great teams that he played with. That that has to go through the room and make you feel special. Well, this Oiler team is a confident team, and they feel that they're never out of any game because they have the ability to score. They feel oh, that I agree. Three, they feel they're three lines deep when it comes to offensive ability, 
and they feel they have a fourth line that they can play now that they haven't had in the past. So they know that if on an off night they have the ability to win hockey games. And uh, Nugent Hopkins talked about it, that after 40 minutes they talked in the dressing room, they felt it had been a sloppy 40 minutes, but if they got back to basics, they could come back and win this hockey game. In the past, if the Oilers had a sloppy night like this, you know, it would totally be 6-3, for the opposition. So, yeah, this is a good hockey club that there's improvements that are needed. There's things they have to work on. But they have a team that's good enough to overcome mistakes on most nights. The problem for the Oilers is, and we've seen in the past when they get into the playoffs, if those mistakes are big, with the better teams, they've had problems. So this is a an 82-game, ex- or uh, not exhibition, yeah, but an 82-game where they assess what they have and how they can take that next step. This is a playoff hockey club. And now how can they take the next step in the playoffs? And that's by improving through the 82 games. Yeah, I think the one thing that, that, that I would say, Rob, and you and I have talked about this in, in the past, certainly there are things to criticize and pick apart about the Oilers tonight and even in, yep. in the first two games. But the, the good teams, the teams who finish, you know, whatever, top two in the division, mm-hmm. the, the better teams in the NHL, they can win with their B games. Sometimes even... C games. So, yes, was this a beautiful game by the Oilers? No, but I mean, you, you kind of reference it. We've seen a, a lot of years where the Oilers weren't very, weren't very good, and you think, okay, they're up 3-2. They're not too bad. Oh, they gave up two quick goals halfway through the second, and then it would be lights out. They'd, they'd never score again. They still were able to win this game. Well, a great example are the two teams playing tonight. The Oilers are a team that many expected to be in the top 10 in the National Hockey League to to fight for a division title, if not a conference title. The Anaheim Ducks uh, most have out of the well, playoffs. Well, the rules are flipped yes. about five years ago. But in this or- game, the Oilers had a sloppy game and found a way to win. The Anaheim Ducks came in and played a good game and found a way to lose. And that's what we've seen in the past with the Oilers. They could play well, but they weren't good enough to win. And right now, the Oilers can play poorly, but they are good enough to win because they have the talent. Against... That- Against teams lower like down, lower yes. down teams, yeah. well, middle, middle and below. So I think that's what we saw tonight. Anaheim are going to be disappointed that they can throw five up on the road and not even come out of it with a point. That's because good teams find ways to win, poor teams find ways to lose. Would you start Bouchard with Nurse next game? Yeah, I would. He's earned it. I, to me, I've always been a believer that you go with, uh, you you reward players that play well, and if players have an off night, then you move them back down. And I. I wouldn't be shy of putting Yamamoto starting him lower in the lineup, on the fourth line. I mean, it's not... I don't believe after one game off night that you switch everything up. I think you can switch it in the game, but then you go back to normal for the next game. It's been 32 games for Yamamoto. Not all of them have been poor, mm-hmm. but the, he, he snake bit. And the pressure continues to mount. I've been a, uh, on, in the top six in a National Hockey League where you're expected to score, and you go through s- slumps. It weighs on you. It's not, you don't just leave it at the rink. It goes home with you. It's there when you're sleeping at night. When you wake up in the next morning, when you read the newspaper, you're always thinking about it because your expectation as a player is to score goals. So if you put him down on the fourth line for a game or two, the expectation is there and you get back to simple basic things. And so I'd, I'd be fine with having a different second line because it hasn't been good this year in three games. Hyman's been good. The line has not. And for, as for Bouchard, uh, Tyson had a, a tough one tonight. Again, Bouchard played well. Give him, a, give him an opportunity because you want to see going forward if he's capable of playing top two minutes. This was just one game against Anaheim. Now you got to go on the road. 
So now go on the road and see if he's able to do it there too. Okay, we'll get to uh, a couple more phone calls in a couple of minutes here, but we want to go back down to the Hall of Fame room at the podium. Leon Dreisaitl and Evan Bouchard. Leon, obviously the wins that matters the most, but maybe a, a little sloppy defensively or loose according to your head coach early. Would, would that be fair? What, what did you guys maybe change in the last half of the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's um, that's obviously true. Uh, you don't want to give up five goals ever. Um, you know, that means you, you got to scramble offensively to win a game. You know, we don't want to be a team like that. So, um, obviously, the, the two points are big, no question about it. We needed that. But um, there's lots of things that we can do better defensively, um, and we'll, we'll work on it and get better at it. Zach Cassin seems to be a guy that really flourishes with the fans. He's back, and he's been huge in his two games for you. Yeah, he's been great. Um, both both games, I thought, especially that whole line, they've been really, really good. I thought maybe uh, consistently, uh, maybe our best line. Um, you know, they're creating, uh, they're skating, um, they're they're getting the pucks in and, and doing the little things right. So uh, they've been a, a big big help for us and a big line for us. Evan, uh, the minutes that you're playing are they're they're kind of creeping up there. You're you know out there in defensive situations, killing penalties. How much are you kind of after how much watching you did last season? How much are you relishing all these minutes you're getting here? Um, yeah, I just want to play uh, my game. Not really focus too much on the on the minutes. I just want to play uh, play a hard, strong game so that uh, in those crucial minutes you can play. Feel like their uh, their faith in you in all different situations is growing. You feel that trust from the coaching staff? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's just hard work, and you really have to um, you know embrace uh, wherever they put you, wh- whatever role it is, and uh, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, Evan, can you describe your goal? One-handed shot, wound up in the net. Yeah, I honestly still don't know how it uh, how it kind of went in, but I'll take it. And then now you also hit the goalie in the face with your shot. That was a, a tough one for Stallers. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that one I kind of just tried to uh, lean into it. Unfortunately, it uh, hit him in the head, but uh, glad to see he was okay. Thank you. Uh, Leon, um, there seems to be a real likability factor with this team. The new guys you've come in, uh, the veteran guys uh, with them, uh, uh, Pugliarvi and uh, and some of the others. Do you see that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've added a couple amazing human beings in the first place to our group, and, and obviously they're really good hockey players. Uh, that comes along with it. So um, we've added a lot of character to our group, which which is big. Uh, you, you need that. You need those characters in your room. Uh, so all the guys that that have been added or that are new, uh, you know, they've they've done a tremendous job of, of helping our team win. And um, you know, we obviously uh, need them to continue that. <clears throat> and what do you see from the outside coming into this group? Uh, I think it's just a, a great group. Everyone's uh, getting along with everyone, tight group. And uh, in the end, everyone wants the same thing. Everyone wants to win. And uh, I think that's what makes us uh, successful. Leon, uh, Mikko Koskinen came in in a really tough spot halfway through a game, uh, stopped 20 of 21. What, what did you see from your goaltender uh, coming in in a spot like that? 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's ever easy uh, to come in, um, you know, cold into a game like that. Um, thought he did a great job, responded really well. Um, you know, made made big stops for us when we needed them to to kind of keep us keep us in it. So uh, he was he was really good tonight. Uh, hi, Leon. Uh, you, you play a U.S. team tonight, and tomorrow you you go on a roadie into the United States. It's a lot different from what you've been used to over the last year and a bit. Is it is it kind of fresh and exciting to get back to the the full NHL schedule? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's exciting to go on the road. It's exciting to to see different different teams going up against. So um, I think we're all looking forward to this road trip. Uh, it's going to be fun. A couple hard games, but um, yeah. We're, we're ready for it. We're excited. And, <laughs> Jesus. Um, and yeah, like I said, we're excited. Yeah, well, of course, the Hall of Fame room right on a big window right on 104th Avenue. <laughs> so the fans chanting and making some noise as the Oilers players and coaches do their availabilities. So, yeah, pretty excited after the win. 6-5 tonight over the Anaheim Ducks. 780-496-0063. We have Robin on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Robin, go ahead. Hey guys, after listening to Evan, uh, I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about him. Like, do you think he's ready to play some big minutes with Darnell Nurse? And I I know we signed Barry to a one-year deal to play that spot, but to me, it seems like Bouchard and Nurse might be the future of of this defense core. And and I think the two of those guys need to get the minutes together and, and play as much as possible. Yeah, well, Barry's on a three-year deal now, remember. It was one, the one year for last year, and, and now he's on a three. But h- how do you see that, Rob? I mean, Bouchard, well, I mean, I assume it would still be some splitting time there. Well, I, again, Bouchard's still a young kid, and, and he had a, a, a strong game tonight. But there's going to be nights that get tougher. There's going to be games where you play against, you know, the Winnipegs, the St. Louis's, the Vegas, bigger, heavier teams. And there's still a learning experience for Bouchard. If they were to throw him into the top pairing and say, all right, we're going to live and die with you, I mean, it could be a confidence problem for him as the games go by. And, and he's not always going to have a, a, a starring night. So uh, Barry's a good defenseman. Barry led the National Hockey League defense and scoring last year. He's a big part of the number one power play in the league the last two years. I think they're going to be interchangeable. I think there's going to be times where Bouchard will get more minutes, and there's going to be times where it's going to be tough on the young player, and they're going to shelter him a little bit. But they're going to give him more and more opportunities to see what he's capable of doing. And I think that what they've seen throughout Bouchard's entire hockey career, every time he's had an opportunity to step up, in a big moment, he's done that. His next job is to try and do that at the National Hockey League level. Yeah, they're pretty high on him. They talked about him in the preseason. They didn't pull back on any expectations. No. Ken Holland said it. Dave Tippett called him an X factor on the blue line. So they trust him. They're using him more as a penalty killer. Yep. And I think he's been okay in that regard. And, and look, the, the the knock on Barry, and we know what it is. I mean, we see it sometimes mm-hmm. is that, there are times he struggles in his in his own end, and I would I would think tonight was one of those nights. Yeah, it's it? not it's not every game. No, no. Uh, 
Most, he's an offensive defense. Yeah, most if you offensive, have to define. Yeah, most offensive defensemen, they're called that because their defense isn't as strong. Um, there's yeah, gonna, they're all round defensemen. <laughs> they do both. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and it, it's nice to have a, a right-handed option that if Barry is having an off night, you got someone you can put up there and play. Because they don't want to move CC and Keith. They want that as their second pairing. So it's going to be Barry and Bouchard. They're going to flip-flop here and there. The one thing I would like to see, and tonight's the first time we've seen it and it's rare is where if the first power play unit has had an extended shift throw your second unit out there and we tonight we saw the second unit score a goal the the nurse bouchard pairing on the back end bouchard's shot is a weapon mm -hmm. and we saw that firsthand when he hit the goalie in the head and just about knocked him out uh, i think that that's something that can be used more than it has been to get them some, and it's a confidence builder for the players that go out there. There's too many times the second power play unit when the coach says, okay, you guys are up, and they roll their eyes like, yeah, right, we're up. There's zero chance we're getting out there. But throw them out every once in a while because we saw tonight they did score a big goal with the Cassian goal, and that was off a wonderful pass shot by Evan Bouchard. Oilers went 6-5 over the Ducks. We will bring Ben on the open line. Hey, Ben, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I won't ask the rhetorical question. How are you guys doing? Um, <clears throat> yeah, just real quick. Um, I, I really feel that they should have started costing tonight, um, regardless of Smith's performance tonight. I, I mean, there's clearly defensive thunders and whatnot, but um, Bouchard's stick late in the third was key. You can't have Bouchard playing top-pairing minutes yet. Obviously, you don't want to rush him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, it was a good performance. There was a bit of sloppiness, but... Just just gut feeling for you that you would have gone with Koskinen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, Dave Tippett talked about it. They said that their plan at first was to start Koskinen, but Smith had played so well in their first two games, and they wanted to start the season 3-0 and going into the road trip. And it's hard to argue with it on the, on the play that Smith had had through his first two starts. He was exceptional, so well, he, he I has been. I can understand. Sure. I can absolutely understand why they went with Smith, uh, and then they would have started Koskinen in Arizona, which they're going to anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it would be hard pressed to, to, to fault throwing your starter in who probably would. I don't know what he came in with as a save percentage, but it would have been in the 920s or 925 coming into tonight's game. Smith had been excellent, so. Uh, he's your starter. He's your number one guy, and they went with him and just didn't work out. Unfortunately for him, didn't get to finish the game. Yeah, Smith was 9.53 coming into tonight. By the way, John Gibson's 9.61. <laughs> and, and think about the 9.61, too. It's not like he's playing for a Vegas or a Tampa or, you know, we're talking a great defensive hockey club. They give up a lot of shots, and not only shots, but quality shots. He's that good, Gibson. And... You just worry about his health as when you're playing that much and you're get, you're going to break down eventually. And we've seen over the last few years, Gibson has had some injury problems. He right now is fighting for a spot to be the U.S. starting goaltender at the 2022 Olympics. He's that good. All right, so the Oilers win 6-5 over the Ducks. Just go over some of the stats here, Rob. We try to pick out some stats that stand out. You mentioned it, Dreisaitl, 20 out of 29 in faceoffs, 69%. The Oilers as a team, 58% in the circle, basically because of Dreisaitl, because <laughs> most other guys were 
right around even or had a tough night. Nuge was uh, was 4 out of 12, so Dreisaitl again excellent in the face-off circle. He had four points. He was plus two. Ice time, well, McDavid played 25-42. Nurse played 27-02. The fourth line still didn't play as much as I thought they would. Uh, Turris played eight minutes, and he, he did get a minute on the power play. Perlini, even after being elevated a bit, played 8.46, and Shore played 8.35. Now, Shore and Perlini are not going to get uh, on the power play, and the Oilers had six of them tonight. I thought, you know, I think they were, I, I, w- I would think anyway, they would have hoped those guys would maybe get around 10 or 11 as opposed to around 8. Well, the minutes they're losing are, are the minutes that are going to Dry Settle and, and McDavid. Both of them played 26 minutes. I think in a perfect world, Dave Tippett would hope that, you know, if they can get them 21 minutes, that'd be good. Uh, as that's five minutes off there, and that would go right to your fourth line. But when the game is in the balance, when you're l- trailing going into the third period, if the others are winning going into the third period, the fourth line plays more. If they're trailing, well, obviously, you've got to get your best players out there more. So your fourth line is usually the line that uh, loses ice time. And any player that has ever played the game will tell you a rotation of three lines is more fun and more conducive to creating opportunities than a rotation of four lines. So when they're rolling three lines in the third period, there's going to be three guys that are on the bench. And tonight, instead of Perlini, ended up being Yamamoto as one of those players. This was not the only 6-5 game in the NHL tonight as we update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Minnesota is 3-0. The Jets are 0-2-1. Minnesota wins at 6-5 in overtime. Yeah, and, and a weird finish. As the Jets were up 5-4, they had a open net opportunity, and Shifley scored into the open net to make it 6-4 for the Jets. And for some reason, Kyle Connors went offside. He was on the exact opposite. There was not involved in the play at all. And he just went over the line too quickly. The goal gets called back. Minnesota ties it up late. And then Minnesota scores on a power play in overtime to win the game. So Winnipeg loses a great opportunity to pick up two points. And Minnesota has another good start to the season. How about Buffalo? 3-0. and They beat the Canucks 5-2. Canucks are 1-2-1. and And I'm going to predict it right now. The Buffalo Sabres do not make the playoffs. Yeah, I think. But a good start. At some point, they were going to win three. You know what? Just a little side note on Buffalo. I I do not understand the whole Eichel thing. I don't know how a player or a person can't control what they do with their body. And Eichel doesn't. The Buffalo Sabres get to decide what kind of surgery he has. I don't think that's right. I don't know why it's in the CBA or why it's in the rules, but... You should be able to control what you do with your own body, and he doesn't, and now the Buffalo Sabres and Eichel, this is year two of an absolute soap opera. The Canadians are 0-4. They get pounded 5-0 by the Sharks. The Panthers are 3-0, 4-1 win over the Lightning. Devils win at home 4-2 against the Kraken. Dallas in a shootout, sneaking past the Penguins 2-1. Capitals outscore the Avalanche 6-3. Ovechkin got his fourth. Red Wings win at home 4-1 against Columbus. Islanders win on the road 4-1 against Chicago, who are 0-3-1. Predators a 2-1 win over the Los Angeles Kings. Baseball playoffs, Dodgers 6-5 win against Atlanta. Atlanta leads the series 2-1. Houston pounding Boston 9-2. That series is tied 2-2. All right, you'll hear from Koskinen and Cassian when we get back. Oilers take down the Ducks 6-5. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
Well, Yarvey's in front of the net. Nurse, pass across. How about a one-timer? Directly in front. Scores! Zach Cassian with a redirect. And the Oilers have tied the game at four. Zach Cassian with two tonight. Along with the winning goaltender, Miko Koskinen. Oilers beat the Ducks 6-5. Here's Cassian. What it's like for you in the game that you try and play to have fans cheering you on out there, they're here cheering you on again, just what that means to your game? Yeah, I just, I've been answering these questions since we stopped having fans. I think I speak for the whole league. If you look around the league, everyone, I think they're, they, they're showing a different appreciation now that we, we have them back and we played without them for so long. I think as a team, um, as an organization throughout the league, you, uh, you realize how much you miss them, how much they have an impact on the game, essentially, with the energy they bring. Wasn't a, wasn't a pretty game. I mean, you guys obviously gave up quite a bit, but you get the win. Is that one of those ones where good teams just find a way to figure it out and, and pull points out of it? Yeah, it definitely wasn't a, one of our best efforts. I think big, big third period by our group. The second period was pretty ugly, but we found a way to win, like you said, and I think good teams find ways to win. In the past years, we would have found ways to lose that game, but tonight we found a way to win. Whenever you can start the, the year three, you know, um, it's a positive step. Now we got to bring our, that energy and uh, bring it on the road. Zach, uh, coming into training camp, uh, you were critical of your play last season, saying you wanted to be better. You get an assist on Saturday, two goals tonight. Can you just talk about where your confidence level is at after having uh, missed the opening game? Yeah, you never want to miss the home opener, but uh, I think collectively as a line, uh, Ryan folks have, have been great. We, we read off each other great. Um, we're, we're playing a good north game right now. We're playing heavy. We're skating. We're, we're, we're hard, to, hard to handle in the ozone, and I think if we continue that and bring our work ethic, we're going to be a tough line to handle all year. Miko, obviously not an easy, sorry, just back here, uh, not an easy uh, predicament to be in, having to come in halfway through the game. Can you talk about your mindset coming into the game and how you fared overall, how you felt you like you did? Uh, like I told before the season started, I just want to have fun and uh, obviously it's not, not easy going and uh, you don't want to see like the Schmidt going down. So but when I went in there, I just wanted to have fun and, and that's that's my mindset. When you are the backup goalie for the night, what's your mindset in warm-up knowing that anything could happen and maybe a situation like today arises and you get called? Uh, obviously, obviously, you don't want anything to happen because it's uh, basically you're sitting on a bench like one and a half hour and then doesn't face any shot in a warm-up. So it's just hope that everything goes well and you don't have to play. But, you know, sometimes... Bad things happen, and today was one of them. Uh, Zach, Zach, you're known as a guy that's got uh, a big personality and, and that sort of thing. There seems to be a real uh, likability factor with the new guys and the old guys and the, the mix of this team. Can you speak to that? Yeah, well, I think we obviously had a lot of new players this year. I think uh, whenever you get out of the gates on a good start, um, three and zero. I think that just helps your team camaraderie. I think uh, you bring in guys. Everyone um, has a defined role that we brought in. They're meshing so well with the team, and everyone gets along. And I think that's very important. Uh, you, you spend every day together uh, more than your family during the hockey season. So it's important that you like each other and you get along. And I think right now uh, we're obviously getting along really well. But uh, the, the play on the ice is reflecting that as well. Thank you. 
Zach, how much, I don't know how much, because you don't see Carolina a lot, that you knew about Fogel's game. It just seems that you guys really mesh off each other quite well, and there's you complement one another, of course, with Derek Ryan, kind of the, the middle guy. But can you talk about you and Fogel's style and why it's worked so well together, especially in the offensive zone? I think as we play the same game, I think we're very we're very direct. Well, that's when we're at our best. When we're being direct, we're chipping pucks. But I think the big the big thing with us is when we chip pucks, we can get it back because we have speed and we we, we can make it tough on D. And I think once we get down there, we have ability to make plays and bring it to the net and create havoc. And I think when you have two guys that do the same on the line, but then you have Ryan that's so smart and cerebral and takes care of us because sometimes we over forward check and do those things. But I think as a line, like I mentioned earlier, um, we just feed off each other really well. And you mentioned the second period was kind of ugly. What didn't you like about it as a group? What were you guys doing that this wasn't successful in the second specifically? Uh, we just turned pucks over. They made it hard. you got to give them credit too. But we were, we were a little careless with the puck. We weren't uh, transitioning as fast as we want. Uh, we had some uh, D-zone shifts where uh, we weren't uh, closing them off. We were kind of giving them too much time and space. Obviously, uh, Meeks came in there and held the fourth down. We had a chance to regroup. We talked about it. And... Uh, we fixed what we needed to fix, and we came out with a win. Hi, Zach. I just wonder if you could uh, speak to this team to hit the gas when it needs to. You don't, it's not something you want to rely on, but when you're in a situation where like, hey, we need three, period, three, three, three third-period goals, it's nice that you guys have the guys that can get out and do it. Yeah, I think you never want to put yourself in that situation too much, but it is the NHL. The other team's trying to win too, but I think when you have the star power that we have, you guys have seen it over and over again, our power play is so dangerous um, that we can win games if we're if we figure out how to play on a consistent basis the way we should. And I think that tonight was a perfect example of that. Obviously, our PP was big. But I think in the third period, we came out and we were, we were getting zones. We were playing the right way. And from that, the energy in the crowd and whatnot, and we kind of slowly started to take over the game. So when you're sitting in the room in the second period, are you kind of figuring that you've got this confidence must be pretty high at this point yeah we talked about it as a group Miko obviously bailed us out there multiple times I think we the majority 99% of our team they played in the league long enough now where we know we're not playing up to our potential and as a team and I think one thing we've done this year is we've held each other accountable and uh, we've been able to fix things on the go and you're going to need that throughout the year that is Zach Cassian and Miko Koskinen, two key guys in the Oilers' 6-5 win tonight over the Anaheim Ducks. Get more on the game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast on 630Ched is Thursday, 6 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 8 as the Oilers visit the Coyotes. Thanks to Troy Bowler our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630 Ched. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take down the Ducks 6-5. Good night. 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Ched.